0: To you almost live from the dude in the basement studios. Why? Because that's where the good stuff is. It's Sips, Suds, and Smokes with your smoking host, the Good Old
1: Boys.
2: On this episode of Sips, Suds, and Smokes, For Yard Age Whiskey, jazz beer, and the Italians make what? We have a sip segment today with Corsair Quinoa Whiskey, Corsair Rasputin, and Balconis Rumble, recorded live on-site at the Bottle Shop in Franklin, Tennessee. Next up is a Suds segment, recorded also live at Craft Brewed in Nashville, Tennessee, Dogfish Antonia beer de borga in a my antonio collaboration taste off dogfish bitches brew and samuel adams new all beyond pale ale enjoy the show
0: It's sippin' time!
2: Hello, this is good old boy Mike, and this is your sip segment for today. Today we are having our sip segment recorded live, on-site, at the Bottle Shop in Franklin, Tennessee. Today we're going to be tasting three whiskeys, Corsair Quinoa Whiskey, Corsair Rasputin, and Balcones Rumble is what we're going to go through today. Joining me for this tasting are good old gal Lisa. Hello. And good old boy Ollie. Hey. If you haven't uh, noticed our Sips tastings lately, I'll go through these with you briefly. Number one is give me a glass of water to wash up my
3: Dandelion. mouth. water. water.
2: Number two is nice, but what else do you have? Well,
3: isn't that nice?
2: Number three is, hmm, interesting. What was that again? Number four is, let's keep this secret to ourselves. Pour me another. That's classified. And number five is everyone's favorite. Oh, my. I was unaware anything could be this
1: good. Oh, my goodness. Yes! 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 Yes!
2: So those are our sips ratings here on CIPsuds and Smokes. Uh, really looking forward to checking out all of these whiskeys here in front of us today. Uh, very different uh, that you know each one of these you know that we've tasted here today. Um, so how about it, going into it, did you had e- either one of these? I must
3: confess, I had had all.
2: Ah, okay. How about you, Ollie? Have, have you tasted any of these?
0: I have before, except for the Rasputin.
2: Ah, okay. Well, so this is not a double blind or blind tasting. Um, I, I'll confess I've not had any of these, you know, prior to our conversation today. But uh, very interesting products, each and every one of them. We have uh, actually tasted some Corsair products, you know, here on the show before. And in fact, uh, the Triple Smoke uh, got our highest uh, rating, which was five. And um, I was been looking forward to tasting other products from Corsair. So, uh, Corsair is made uh, in Nashville, Tennessee, uh, right? Yes. Yep. And uh, the uh, uh, Barcones is out of Texas, is that right? right.
0: Waco, Texas.
2: Waco, Texas. Yard aged. (laughs) Yard aged. And we'll talk about what that means in just a moment. All right. So, first up is the Corsair quinoa whiskey. Very interesting product. And... uh, You know, the first thing that caught my mind uh, or my attention was the word quinoa. I mean, that just is not a grain that you tend to ever utilize, you know, in in making anything, let alone whiskey. Um, And uh, I'm sure there'll be plenty of people that butcher the name of that as well. Uh, But I think even seeing the word quinoa on any bottle of liquor will have people go... I don't know what that is. I, I ain't think I'm gonna get that. Is that a rye or what is that? You know, I ain't heard no quinoa before. Um, so, I mean, it is an underlying grain, uh, and it is actually a native grain, I believe, to North America. If I'm, if I'm not South America. South America. South America. There you go, Ollie. Uh, I'm glad you're the grain
4: expert here at the it's table. A super-
2: yep, definitely. Well, it was very interesting, so my tasting notes around the uh, quinoa whiskey were, uh, you know, it was very harsh, uh, right up front. Um, It was uh, kind of rye-like, you know, but uh, sweet um, and very different. Um, So, uh, you know, it was uh, definitely, uh, I'm glad that they went out on the ledge and and made this. I'm sure it was, you know, not a very difficult task for the distiller working with, some unusual products. So my SIPs rating for the quinoa uh, Corsair whiskey is uh, going to be three, uh, which is mm, interesting. Was that what was that again? So uh, all right, little boy Ollie, what do you think of Corsair quinoa whiskey? Uh, I'm gonna give it a three all three also a three as well. Hmm, interesting. What was that again?
0: You know, on that one, it was just the alcohol content was kind of hot, and it kind of burned my throat just in touch. So drinking—I think we've heard that several mm -hmm. times now.
2: You know, Mm -hmm. so I think that that is a very consistent, you know, tasting note. Is it? It does. It kind of catches you right at right at the
0: front. It's hanging. I've
3: got a. It's lingering. The the Mm -hmm. flavors of it are really hanging out in the
2: throat. What else do you think of it?
0: I think it'd be great in a Manhattan or a mixed cocktail. But by itself, I couldn't see myself sitting down and drinking some of this on ice, on the rocks, or with water. But I think in a Manhattan or another fanciful cocktail, I think it would be pretty darn good.
2: Yep. Well, so, uh, very interesting out of the shoot to uh, start with uh, the quinoa whiskey. So, next up is going to be another Corsair product called Rasputin. Um... I don't really know what they were aiming for here. I think is uh, you know the first thing that that I thought. Um, you know it's just kind of a it's a little harsh, um, and uh, you know it's uh, this very interesting uh, sweet finish you know on it as well. And um, I don't know that I would really come back to it again. Um, you know I, I think there are a lot of other whiskey products I would I probably you know go after. Uh, that but uh, interesting uh, I don't know uh, it'd be interesting to see where this was in their distillation schedule Mm -hmm. Um, I have a sneaky feeling that this was the one that was up first and I think that they were kind of refining you know a bit of what they wanted to do in terms of a flavor profile Um, so I'm betting that this was like one of the very first runs that they did but uh maybe this is what they were aiming for uh didn't quite do it for me um so my sips rating for this yes. is going to be three uh hmm interesting what was that again but uh yeah, i look forward to you know a lot more corsair products uh as well good old gal lisa what did you think of the corsair rasputin
3: Resputin. well i am I am very, um, again, intrigued by that they've they've sort of taken a unique approach. So always a fan of that. Um, I'm still going to give it a three, but a lot of that is because of the
2: interesting. a three. Hmm, Interesting. What was that again?
3: The creativity. Um, and I think I mentioned earlier there. You're starting. I'm starting to see in some, I hate this, but first-tier markets. I think we're considered a second tier in terms of distribution or something. Um, but um, in the, those markets where things get launched, you're seeing some hopped products, um, including vodkas and some whiskey. So I think it's great that, you know, our neighbors are cutting edge, doing something, you know, unique. Um, I thought it was a little bit smoky. Um, Agreed with you, it's a little bit harsh. Um, it had, To me, it had almost like a a charred citrus effect. Like I once had a bruleed, uh grapefruit and it kind of reminded me a little bit of that.
2: Huh. I don't think I've ever heard the word grapefruit <laughs> and whiskey, you know, ever before. Mm. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think those are tasting terms I would ever use in a favorable way in talking okay. about uh, whiskey as uh, uh, citrus uh, at all. So, um, charred, know, grapefruit. <laughs> charred grapefruit, charred <laughs> grapefruit you know do you, so do you think that this feels like a throwback whiskey you know is it kind of going back in in time and and saying you know i think that we're kind of go back to the style of whiskeys that were made you know mm-hmm. back in the back in the 40s you know this this reminds me of like some very early mm-hmm. uh jim beam or mm-hmm. um, maybe some some uh and i know I'm, i just named a bourbon and we're tasting whiskey but um it, it does remind me of a flavor profile. Uh, I think within that period of time, though, mm-hmm. that I think everybody was going for. So maybe right. that's what.
3: Yeah, and that really new charred barrel before everyone got it perfected. Too. And grapefruit. And grapefruit. Know. Yeah,
2: <laughs> that 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 definitely. Native Tennessee grapefruit. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't definitely doesn't work. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Good old boy, Ali. What'd you think of the
0: Corsair Rasputin? I like the fact that they're kind of stepping outside the mold and trying some different things in this one, but I'm gonna have to give it a two. Ooh. Well, isn't that two. nice? Nice, but what else do you have? Something about it. was Just maybe a little too. A
2: little too throwbackish for you.
0: Yeah, probably so. Yeah. Little too, little too different. I don't. Just didn't sit well. I don't know if I could mix it with something. I don't know if I could enjoy it in a Manhattan and.
2: Well, you know, I think that's a good point. I think this would be something that if I threw it in with something else, like a mixer, mm-hmm. um, I think that it would blend really well with yeah. with something else. So absolutely, I agree. If you mm-hmm. threw it in, a, I think uh, it a sidecar, I have whiskey in it, I believe it does, mm-hmm. um, or cognac. Yeah. Um, but I agree that I think that if this were in a blended drink, um, oh, this would be great. You or know.
3: what's it called when you do the whiskey shot in the... Beer is that a
2: boilermaker? Uh, yes,
0: that yeah. is correct.
3: You could do some sort of boilermaker
2: cocktail. We routine. might do this later, Maybe, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I and like some,
0: that. Rye like, IPA, IPA or not something like yeah. that. That would be a combination
2: yeah. of a SIPS and a sud segment. That <laughs> yeah. would be a good transition moment, you know. <laughs> so we'll see how that would go for sure. Um, anything else about the Rasputin The AU Holly? No. No. Nope. All right. Well, on we go to uh, the next item we have in today's tasting, which is from Balcones, I want to say. Hopefully, I'm not butchering something from Texas uh, called Rumble. It's described as a Texas wildflower honey, tornado sugar, and mason fig spirit. Could they not add something else here (laughs) on the label? They missed uh, grass they missed uh <laughs> Texas air and a little bit of tumbleweed, you know in the name of that uh it missed the uh Barn. missed the marketing meaning of saying be brief, be blunt, be quick <laughs> uh, you know so anyway uh very interesting uh product here um this is this is considered a whiskey is that right yes and I would say uh this really has excellent balance to it. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I felt that it was very approachable uh, right from the get-go. It was sweet. It was balanced. Um, it uh, it had a very nice nose to it. Um, there was just everything was happening, you know, in this glass for me. And so my sips rating for this is actually a 4. Let's keep this thing. secret to ourselves. Pour me another. And uh, I really thought this was something I would probably come back to, um, you know. Uh, so great, uh, great whiskey. Please make more. And you, so they have a unique. Wh- what's it called? You said they, lawn, uh, lawn. Uh, yard aging. Yard aging. Yes, which tells me they put everything in three foot barrels. But I'm not really quite sure. So they they literally just distill this, and they. Uh, they set it out in the in the open air
3: in the backyard yeah backyard
1: <laughs> <laughs> The proverbial ha- backyard. And whatever
0: happens, happens. <laughs> oh my
3: God. But that's how a lot of spirits, I mean, when you look at some of the dessert wines and, you know, a lot of these things were accidents that happened. you know, they just discovered that, wow, port or sherry, these things got so much better mm. after being transported. And it was, they were on a ship sitting, you know, exposed to the elements. So, in a way, it's kind of a throwback to an older method of letting things be more natural and, um... You know, I
2: guess that you would. It would vary in, in weather. Oh natural whiskey. Uh, exactly. Is this what that is, is exactly. down there in Texas? <laughs> We're just gonna let it spread its wings out here in the flatlands. Just let the weather roll on in. Just gonna cook on that little on that whiskey barrel for about four or five years. Do
3: what
2: it do. Yep. <laughs> uh, you know, I actually don't know. Is this in the hill country uh, at all in Texas, or is it uh, in another part of Texas? I don't know where Waco. Waco. Waco.
0: Waco is. Waco okay. is south east west I of houston i want to say
2: waco's north for some reason though. i
3: think so it is too i don't think it is hill country we
2: don't know crap about geography no. but we do like the whiskey it's yeah a, it's
3: a real big state
2: yeah <laughs> all right so good old gal lisa what do you think of uh the Balcones rumbles
3: i loved it um and i'm curious if it is actually if it is a whiskey I, we have it with our whiskeys because that's what they make is whiskey but i wonder if it does if if the labeling is accurate there's not a Mashville, though, would indicate that it is a whiskey. So yeah. maybe it's just a spirit. I don't know, but that said, I think it's an awesome alternative. I think it's really ladylike. I think it's soft, and hmm. there's a little floral nature to it. I think you could do some cool cocktails. But I, I don't think also... I've ever
2: heard the word lady whiskey before. But you know, shame on you. <laughs> yeah, but I think that's great. I'm mostly a lady. <laughs> yes. No <like> whiskey. <laughs> you know, I just have never heard that one with grapefruit. The new new tasting terms I'm learning today about whiskey. So you know, it all works pretty well. So what's your sips rating here for Balcones Rumble? I
3: gave it a five.
2: A five? That's classified. Oh, that's, that's, that's not the five. Oh my
1: goodness! Yes! Yeah Yes! Yeah. 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 <laughs> <Yeah. Yeah. laughs>
2: so, it definitely gave you that, oh my, I was unaware anything could be this good. It definitely gave you that feeling.
3: It's just that unique to me. I don't know if it gave me Quite that feeling but um I, I just thought it was something that i definitely would want to want to spread the word about um i would never <laughs> thought of a whiskey made of of those ingredients so yeah
2: yeah well i would definitely come back to this that's for sure little boy ollie what do you think about Balcone's rumble do you have a four and a half no well you you, you, a have a, you have a scribe to the good old boy gem school of let's just cut the numbers in half. And no, it's, it's Southern math, five. right? You know, let's Round say. up, round down. <laughs> so you're going to give it a four? I give it a four. Four. It's let's keep cool. this secret to ourselves. Pour me another. Uh, excellent. So what else did you think about this?
0: I'm a big fan of what all the everything that these guys make. I think that they're, I don't know, I think he's pretty much spot on with everything. In, in this one particular... I think that Mission Fig spirit really comes out in the finish and really makes it smooth, really rounds it out, doesn't give it that harshness that you'd expect from a a, a whiskey or or maybe anything for that matter from Texas. But uh, it's it's pretty darn good.
2: Well, I hear a lot of people in Texas really happy about this uh, whiskey for sure, and and I think probably whatever comes out of Balcon for probably some period of time, will, I think will be. Quite popular as Chick Whiskey. Yeah. <laughs> you heard it first here, Chick you know, <laughs> on, mm. on Sip, Suds, and Smokes, the Chick Whiskey. <laughs> you know in the
3: nicest way possible. I do. <laughs> at the same time,
2: yeah, people are standing up there applauding us. They're going, thank God, finally we have Chick Whiskey. You know, we're just, we're so happy to finally have Chick Whiskey. All right. Well, thank you very much uh, for joining us here on uh, this segment of Sip, Suds, and Smokes and Sip Segment. I want to thank my co-host, good old gal Lisa. So long. And good old boy, Ollie, for joining me.
0: Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for having me.
2: And we will ask you to keep on sipping.
0: Suds. Suds, suds, it's time for more suds. Hello
2: and welcome to the suds segment for today. This is good old boy Mike. Uh, I'm going to go through and tell you a little bit about our suds ratings if you hadn't heard of them uh, lately. Uh, our suds ratings are one to five. Number one is that sucks, give me anything but a bud. Number two, was that a belch? Number three, ah, what a relief. Number four, a body should really not make that sound. And number five is listen to that hang time, give me another. Today I am joined by Sean. Hello. And Chip are my uh, co hosts for today. And we're going to have a good time going through a number of things. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, collaboration ales, um, collaboration versus non-collaboration, and uh, through that discussion, we're actually going to taste my Antonio from Dogfish that's been made on two opposite sides of the planet. We're going to talk about Miles Davis' Dogfish uh, brew as well, new Albion, and uh, if we have some more time to cover some more topics. So, we've, uh, you know, kind of been pouring these beers and enjoying them uh so sean why don't you in- introduce yourself to our audience
4: uh my name's uh sean jewett i uh have been a craft beer aficionado for the last eight years and i uh, been a home brewer for the last uh going on four years now
1: my name is chip devere i am the owner of craft brewed and just all-around beer aficionado excellent
2: all right fellas well um first up you know we we uh Fired Up uh, Dogfish, My Antonia, and there's been a lot of collaboration brews, and it's really great that folks have been getting together and, you know, collaborating over making beer. Um, There have been some really, really good uh, collaboration brews that I've had, and I thought that this was a, a very interesting conversation, you know, to pick up and talk about. Um, doing a collaboration versus not. And do you make a better beer, you know, uh, when you collaborate with somebody, you know, outside of your own brewery? So without thinking about these beers, I mean, Sean, what do you think about just the concept alone?
4: Oh, I think it's great. And I think it's a reflection of uh, what's happening with the... the 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 camaraderie ship that is uh, out there with the uh, craft beer scene in the u.s it's not that they're competing against each other it's that they're all helping each other and this is just kind of the next logical conclusion that they're they're not only helping each other they're working together and brewing a beer sometimes even new beers that we haven't seen before and i think that's really exciting hmm. yeah but do you think it makes the
2: beer better at the end of the day or is this just a marketing gimmick
4: oh i think i th- it's a good question um yeah, there is some marketing gimmick to it, and I, it, but at the same time, too, I think ultimately their heart and souls are poured into these beers, and uh, and I think they're making great beer.
2: Mm,
1: interesting. How about it, Jeff? What do you think? I would agree. I think they're, yeah, it's a marketing ploy, mm. but the camaraderie, like Sean said, it's, it's just phenomenal, and craft brewers in general realize to be successful and sustainable, they've got to form those partnerships to make their voice be heard and further grow their brands and produce better beers.
2: Yeah. So,
1: uh, <clears throat> we've, uh,
2: put, uh, dogfish, my Antonia, um, here on the, uh, on the table to, uh, check out for today. Um, so this is a strong pale, um, uh, lager is, or near Imperial IPA. A little cut in between the, the two is how they describe this style. And, uh, so you know the original Dogfish came out uh, a little time ago, and you know my first impression was uh, this is a great summer beer. Uh, and but I, I'll be honest with you, I, I I bought a lot of it and I did not drink it all uh, because I don't know, just I I think as time uh, kept coming by, I don't know, it was just something about it that just didn't have a lot of long term appeal for me. Um, so, uh, then I oh, came back around gone. and, and the um, <laughs> another version has been brewed through a collaboration in Italy uh, with Bira de Borga. And so that's the one that's hit the States uh, rather recently. Um, so, I mean, to me, uh, I would probably have given a SUD rating for my Antonio out of the gate at about a three, which is, I oh. ah, what a relief. Um, and you know, I think part of what was striking me about the original was it was probably
1: a bit too sweet, you know, for me. Um, yeah, I think there's a candy-like quality there.
2: Mm. Yeah. Um, so, I think that... I tend to think of lagers as having a bit more depth and, I don't know, just kind of sharpness to it, you know, as a lager um, is generally made. A um, dry, you know, element of quality to that, but I don't know. There was something about this It just just was hanging out there a little too long on my palate so that's why i kind of hung it there so you know i sh- shifted to uh trying the uh beer de borga you know uh, a version of this and strangely enough i actually like it better um than the, than the original it uh it doesn't have that same uh sweetness, you know, on the finish itself and probably getting a little bit closer to what I would have described as in terms of a lager, you know, for this as well. So, I probably would still give it the same rating, which is three. Uh, What a relief. Uh, But, you know, I think hands down, you know, probably between the two, I really enjoy the Italian version. Yeah. uh, You know, than I do the boys up in uh, Delaware. But, I mean, they're both really great beers. Don't get me wrong. But, uh, very interesting to, you know, uh, taste two of these side by side. What do you think about it, Sean?
4: Yeah, I think uh, you're right. The the Dogfish Head, there's there's just a little different note on it that's uh, not as pleasing as the uh, the Italian version. Uh, I think the Italian one has a little bit of a drier finish to it. But, hmm. uh, uh, yeah, no, I think they're both, like you said, they're very good for the summer. You've got to be in the mood for an Imperial Pills. Uh, but we had uh, the Chattanooga Brewing Company Imperial Pills on uh, recently, and... Uh, um, there's a lot of the same qualities there, except this is, there's a lot more subtlety in this than versus the, the Chattanooga one that we had on, on tap recently. Huh. So what's your are rating on the original? Mm-hmm. On the original, uh, three, and I would say three and a half for the, no, 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 no halves, halves, halves. no part two, <laughs> <laughs> no uh, yeah. yeah, no, you know, I'd, I'd say, I'd do say
2: not repeat, you know, good old boy Jim's mistake, it's, it's, just, it's, <laughs> okay. it's either a
4: two or a three. All right, uh, no, I'd go for a four with the Italian a version. A
2: four? Yeah. A body should uh, really not make that sound. Okay, for, uh, for the Italian version? Yes. Okay, all right, so how about the original the dogfish. The
4: dogfish had three.
2: A three, so I woulda relieved. Okay, so, oh, okay, so you so they're pretty close in your mind. Yeah. Uh, but you, you definitely would pick the Italian version. Yes. Um, do you think that that is because it's matching up better with the description of what it should have been, and the style, or you just like that beer better?
4: I, I like it better. There's a better finish to it. Like I said, it's a little bit drier, and, uh, um, you know, and just, uh, yeah, it's just a little more pleasing to the palate. Hmm. How about it, Chip? What do you think? I agree with Sean. I think it's a
2: four. Uh, uh, a four. A body should really not make that sound. For the Italian version, yeah, absolutely. Huh? Okay. So you both like stuff on the other side of the planet. <laughs> <laughs> so,
4: um, but so what, I've loved Dogfish Head's beards, but uh, I know. Yeah.
2: Uh, and uh, we have another one we're going to talk about here in a second. So, what do you give the original there, uh, Chip? I'd probably go three. A three. Ah, Ooh. what a relief. Huh. Okay. So you're split the uh, same way that Sean is here as well. It, it just seems like with the
1: Italian, there's a little more, there's a little something more to it. Uh, flavor. Mm. <laughs> I hear the Roma through the, through the microphone.
2: Just every time <laughs> i go going to enjoy it. You see? Is a beer. Is it beer or is it a beer? <laughs>
1: Crisper. Crisper. <laughs> Love <laughs> <loves to laughs>
2: And yes, I've insulted all Italians with that uh, <laughs> with that horrible uh, accent impersonation. So, you know, uh, I have been to Italy a couple of times, and uh, I'm sorry, once. And uh, you know, uh, I don't believe that I really in- recall having any beer that I enjoyed. You know, while I was there. I was had a lot of wine, a lot of great wine. You know, while I was in in Italy, but. Uh, You know, as far as other Italian beers uh, here in the U.S., I mean, it's like Pironi and then it falls off the planet, Yeah, Yeah. you know. um, I can't even... uh, Moretti's the other one. Moretti is is another Italian. I knew there was probably one or two that are widely distributed here in the U.S., but I'm sorry, you just don't think of going to, you know, the Italians to, to make a beer, although they know an awful lot about making a lot of good things. Um, that's just uh, probably not you know one of the ones that I tend to
1: think about. So so what sparked this collaboration? Do we know? Dogfish had looking you know uh, do something different. Dogfish
2: obviously. has done a lot of collaboration brews. And I like the fact that uh, it, it does not strike me always as a marketing gimmick. Um, probably one of uh, the more interesting collaboration uh, brews that I've tasted out of Dogfish was the Saison. Uh, uh, that they did, um, and I'm sorry, I can't recall the other two breweries they did it with.
4: Uh, I either of you happen to remember? No, offhand I don't. I just remember there was the black yeah. and blue, and then there was the red and white, and both of those were collaborations, if I'm remembering. Um, right. I don't know if
2: those were collaborations, the collaborations but the okay. Saison was, was definitely a collaboration, and I'm sorry, I can't remember the other yeah. two breweries, but every single one of them used oh. the exact same recipe. Yes, yeah,
4: uh, Stone was one of the breweries on I, that. That's it. And then, um, was it Sierra Nevada? I, it? I think you're right. Yeah. I think
2: that... I, I think that's uh, dead on there, Sean, or the other two. And it was interesting. They all used a a similar recipe, and uh, I would say they were three very distinct saisons. And I ended up liking uh, the uh, stone version. I think out of the three was the one that I really liked. But, of course, I love their hops and a lot of stuff, so that's probably the reason why it ran that way. All right. All right. So uh, we actually popped open another dogfish here, which was the Miles Davis um, Bitches Brew. Um, And so, uh, Sean, this is a different kind of collaboration, isn't it?
4: Yes. couple was it 2 years ago now it was the 40th anniversary of Miles Davis's album seminal album bitches and if brew if you don't know
2: who Miles Davis is please just yeah. cut this episode off go <laughs> we'll listen to the man
4: yeah go get kind of blue go get bitches brew and uh and enjoy and so yeah uh as as i recall the story is that dogfish head was approached by Sony to do a uh, an anniversary beer uh for uh for the 40th anniversary and this is the uh, what 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 Sam and his crew put together mm. So I've never thought
2: of uh, Collaborating uh, Music with beer and again You know I love the fact that Dogfish Steps out of the box for again And, and creates a, a very innovative Product so what is the style Of this that they're claiming mm. it is Because if I would have It's halfway between a stout and a porter for me
4: um, It's uh, an ale brewed With honey and geisha Or geisha I should say Huh Okay, or ginseng? Is it ginseng? Wouldn't have no, it's a G-E-S-H-O. Okay,
2: all right. I won't say it's that, or I'll get a tongue twist really quickly. <laughs> well, um, I'm not quite sure exactly what their declared style is, so I'm going to slap is it, it even in a beer.
4: What is it? A beer? It's a. Uh, oh
2: yeah, definitely. <laughs>
4: all right. According to the uh, description here, it's the uh, creates a bold dark beer that's a fusion of the th- three f- threads of imperial stout, one thread honey beer uh, with geisha root, uh, and then. Uh, yeah, then they don't tell you, tell you what the other uh, three threads are. The other two threads are. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm going to declare it halfway between a again
2: an imperial stout and a, and a porter. Um, I think what I tasted was uh, quite a bit of chocolate, um, but it was effervescent, and mm-hmm. uh, um, but it, it had you know kind of a hoppy quality to it as well. And I think that's what it's kind of. Having it throw it down that porter, you know, route a little bit as well. It's kind of somewhere in between the two. So my said's rating on uh, Miles Davis Bitches Brew is going to be three. Ah, what a relief! How this about is, it, Sean?
4: This is one I've uh, enjoyed before, and I'm enjoying again. I'm going to give it a solid four. A solid four, he says. A
2: body should really not make that sound. All right. What? So what did you think about the taste profile
0: of this?
4: I like it. I mean, for an imperial stout, it doesn't doesn't beat you up. It uh, just a very uh, easy to drink beer and uh, a lot of complexity that's going on there, just like <laughs> Bitches Brew, and that's uh, you know, fun to drink and that's what beer should be about, right? Yep, I agree. How about it, Chip? What do you
2: think of Bitches Brew? I'd give it a four. A four. A I, I body think, should really uh, not make that sound. Uh, uh,
1: so, what did you? What do you think it hit that mark? For well, you? there is a lot of complexity, but it's it's well balanced. I think it's yes. something I can drink more of than just one.
2: Yeah. Well, I've definitely noticed, uh, you know, some difficult availability of this particular uh, collaboration brew, and it's it's nice that I I, kept, I keep on running into it, you know, periodically. I don't believe that they've made it at Dogfish, you know, very frequently. I don't know if they made one batch and we're just kind of running into some old stock. This every is now actually a second batch of it. So there you go. So that kind yeah. of resolves that um, mystery is they went back and uh, created another round of it. Yeah. So. Definitely if you uh, see it. I think it's only in the Bomber bottles. That's correct. It's the only uh, configuration I've seen that in. But uh, Miles Davis Bitches Brew. Excellent. So the last beer we had to chat about is uh, New Albion uh, from uh, Samuel Adams. So I'll confess, I really don't know a whole lot about uh, this beer. I will almost exhaust everything I know about it in about 15 seconds, which is I know they create this beer because it's... uh, in their backyard, and I believe it was an original brew uh, that was made in
4: Boston, and I think they're reclaiming some heritage by making this. So the history on this is actually more colorful than uh, um, New Albion's. Originally, it was uh, the first craft brewery in the United States, uh, and I want to say it was '77, '78 is when they got their start. Jack McAuliffe was the founder. Uh, For the homebrewers out there, you'll see references to New Albion all the time. Sierra Nevada credits them as being very inspirational to uh them getting their so business This is <laughs> heading back to the mothership. This is heading back to the mothership, yes. This is this is the this is New Albion is the craft brewery that it They're, put uh, us here today So that was an
2: insult. So this is reclaiming basically American beer heritage, yes is really what this is. Yeah.
4: And uh so they went out of business in eighty two uh like most breweries they eighteen eighty two or nineteen nineteen eighty two yeah uh, the uh they yeah so They needed to expand. None of the banks were willing to give them money because in 82, you have this small microbrewery. What what are you talking about? Uh, And uh, so at some point, the trademarks came available, and Jim Koch from Sam Adams knew the importance of those trademarks and didn't want the big brewers to get a hold of them. And so he bought the trademarks, sat on them, did what he had to do to be able to maintain the trademarks. And then uh, recently, uh, the story goes that one of his salesmen, uh, or actually a saleswoman, Uh, called him up and said, hey, I've met this guy that seems to know a lot about beer. His name's Jack McAuliffe, and he said something about New Albion, and Jim's response was, put him on the phone. And uh, and as a result, so is of
2: that, that the secret for getting the brewer on the phone? Is just say, "Hey, have you ever heard of New Albion?" And bam, there you go. Well, so
4: next time. so after the brewery closed, Jack kind of moved down to Texas, and he was doing his own thing down there, and kind of went wouldn't wouldn't say went into hiding, making but beer or not, not, not making beer. His, I think his background's engineering, and so he was doing engineering things and. Uh, But what started New Albion was the fact that he had been over in Europe and had tasted all these great European beers and came back to the U.S. and found they weren't available. So he started his own brewery trying to recreate some of those tasty beers that he had uh, over in Europe. And uh, it's actually completely an accident that he started the American Pale Ale. Uh, Cascade hops were brand new at the time. uh, And the story goes Anheuser-Busch wasn't even using them. And uh, so that was what he was able to get sold uh, hop-wise, and that's what he brewed his beer with, and that's what started the American Pale Ale.
2: Huh. So is this a yeast culture that is uh, a base of other beers here in the U.S.? Do so, you have any idea about that? Yeah,
4: the the yeast itself is specific to New Albion, and it's not. I don't know what the history of that yeast is. Uh, the good news is, is that UC Davis and their phenomenal, uh, their phenomenal f- uh, fermentation and food science program uh, they had, they've kept a slant of the yeast, so they were able to go back to the original yeast to brew this beer. Uh, but most of the comparisons I've seen, like the uh, clone recipes that are in Brew, brew Your Own, uh, they all say like a London Ale yeast is is uh, what they suggest. So in that regard, it's definitely British in origins uh, for the yeast. Huh. Now, did New Albion have a life after 1982? No. To the present? No, it, uh, like I said, j- uh, Jim Coke would do whatever was necessary to maintain the trademark, but otherwise, uh, no, th- this is I the first time that I we're tasting this up. beer since 1982. So what is the reliability that we're
2: actually tasting those original yeast components? Uh,
4: according to Jim and Jack... Uh, they swear by it in court. Th- they they <laughs> swear by it. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it was so, in a little bottle in the back of Jack's, you know, <laughs> right, right behind, you know, a margarita mix or something like that he maintained his, yeah. in his fridge. Yeah, well, he did. I don't know if they were unopened. But honey, but...
2: don't throw that out. <laughs> he,
4: he <laughs> That's American, American beer. Around around yeah. <laughs> yeah. If anything, the beer should be in the Smithsonian if it isn't already. Yeah. You know, uh, definitely with
2: that story. All right. So, um uh, uh, really uh, wonderful story, I hate to say it, but uh, I like the story better than I like the beer um, well
4: so that chip and I cracked this open the other night, and it was I, I was taken a little bit aback uh, and, and the thing is is it 's just ba- two row base malt it 's the yeast, cascade hops, and then water and, uh, that,
2: and I think this was probably a die hard session beer that they had you know yes. when they first made it, and you know when people were paid you know in and beer. Um, uh, you know, as a as a wage component, um, I think that they probably hit the right mark for what I tend to think of yeah. would have been
1: that style. And of it's beer. not anything to be blown away by by yeah. any means, but given the time in history,
4: this this was, this was this was a game changer. People people would drink this and say, "Oh, I don't like this," and then people would drink it and like Ken Grossman from Sierra Nevada and say, "No, this is really good. I like where th- what what's going on here." Um, and you know the, the, what characterizes the American parallel style is cascade hops, and this is all cascade hops. yep.
2: So uh, my sedge rating for this is going to be two. Uh, was that a belch? And you know, I think some of the uh, tasting qualities I had around this were, I don't know. I've had a lot of champagnes at a very mm-hmm. interesting uh, uh, very similar taste profile. Um, it was earthy, I think was the other. Uh, you know, description I had around it. I don't know. I had a very difficult time describing this more so than I should have. But Sean, well, what do you think?
4: Well, so saturated? one of the things I've, I found out because that that night after uh, Chip and I tried our first one, and it was straight out of the cooler. I brought a six pack home and it had a chance to to warm up a little bit. And once that happened, uh, it opened up a whole new tasting experience. There was a lot of lemony notes. I got some hints of uh, honey. Uh, it, was, it was a much more enjoyable beer. So my advice to those people out there listening that are, that are drinking this beer. Let it breathe. Let it breathe. Let it warm up a little bit. And uh, you're going to have a uh, have a really good time drinking it. So as far as my rating goes, I'm going to say it's a three. A three. Yeah, ah, so what a relief. Ooh. Okay.
2: All right. Chip, how about it, man? What do you think two. of
4: New
1: Albion? Two. A, a two. Was that a belch? It was. Underwhelmed. <laughs> Just given the history, I had high expectations going in. But yeah, at the end of the day, it's a pale ale. So I'm like, it's palatable. I'll drink it. Mm, but
2: I think
1: it It's not what you're you going to go for on a... No. Nah, yeah. There's many other beers I would pick ahead of that. Huh. Yeah. But I like the story, like you said. I agree. And, you know, I think that that's uh, what I like about
2: uh, both Dogfish and Sam Adams Is is I think that they... Respect the the heritage and the absolutely. story, you know, behind uh, the beer itself, and
1: so I uh, I think that's great um, what they're doing. Um, and, and Sam Adams, I think they, they handled the handled it well, giving credit where credits due. You yes, know, you look at that package, and I don't see where it says Sam Adams anywhere on there, but
4: in very small print it says right, you so know, collaboration with Sam absolutely. Adams. Absolutely, yeah, and uh, and that's. Uh, the other thing is, is that all of the proceeds are benefiting Jack McAuliffe. Oh, okay. So you're 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 helping the the original craft brewer. Uh, it's my understanding he's had some medical bills. He was in a in an accident. So ah. this is a uh, you know credit to Jim Coke for uh, stepping up and. Uh, <laughs> no, that wasn't a that wasn't a sound effect. That was me. <laughs> uh, no, yeah. Credit to Jim Coke for you know bringing this beer back, and you know, and and this might be the only time we see it, and and i'm glad i'm glad it happened
1: Mm.
4: well i'm glad we uh
2: had a chance to uh, taste all of these beers today uh i really enjoyed going through each and every one of them great discussion um some ground we haven't covered yet thank you for joining us here on this sud segment this is good old boy mike i'm sean and chip and we will talk to you later keep sipping bye now